right up here, it would be really, really nice. We're going to have a time of praise and worship, and then we're going to share just about a 15-minute talk with you that uh, I think is going to be very critical for you. This, today is Ash Wednesday. We're going to be talking about that at the end in a very special time of prayer and, um, and just kind of launching forth from there. There's some good things in the air spiritually. There's some things happening in the spirit world that's really, really good. And um, there's a strong prophetic voice. I believe in prophetic. I don't take everything line, hook, and sinker. But I know that there's a strong, strong unity word of things really moving in a very quick and powerful and prosperous way. Uh, I'm not one has nothing to do with the president. I'm not a, trying to push a Republican mandate or has anything to do with it. I'm talking about something spiritual. Thank God for whatever's happening good, but I'm not talking about that. I'm not political. This is not political. This is spiritual. But I really, really believe that we are seeing and going to see this year something really significant happen in the spirit world with believers and and in the secular world with just some really good stuff moving forward in a real good powerful way so father we thank you for this time together tonight we just open our hearts to you lord to receive from eternity what's always been and always will be and we just bless you thank you for all your goodness to us thank you for the body of believers thank you for our families thank you for everything we're just so grateful and we praise you tonight in christ's name amen Oh, 
Sunday, but you don't want to hear that again. So. But it has something to do with skiing again. I have a fear of heights. And if you get me on a ladder, my dad will tell you, I, I freak out. Man, I, if I look down, I get scared. But I, I love snowboarding. I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. And I've been going all these years, and I've never noticed my fear of, of heights as far as when I get on the lift. It's never even crossed my mind. Well, it has, but not so much as when my children were, were with me. And I was riding up one time, and me and Lindsay, we, you know, we get scared a lot and say, don't move, don't move. But I asked Braxton and Braley, I was riding with them, and I said, are y'all not scared of that? Do you see how far that is? And they both looked at me and said, no. And I'm going to use that for me because I am a child of God, and I want to have a... Not necessarily for riding a ski lift, getting up on a ladder. But wouldn't it be awesome just to be fearless like that at so many different things, like a child is fearless of things? And I thought about that a lot. And again, my fear of them falling off of that really hasn't gone away. Because that's kind of just one of those things. But there's so many things in life that we're fearful of. You know, whether it be the state of the world, the state of this, the state of our relationships, that we get scared of them. But what if we just took the approach of a child and when somebody asks you, aren't you scared about that? That our first instinct is to say, no, I'm not. Because that's how we should be. We should be like a child in those ways. So I just, I just thought I'd share with you that message. Um, so no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what, you know, what's come up that you, know, you may be fearful of, just try to train your thoughts to, to be like a child and to not be scared. Because we serve an awesome, awesome guy who is just incredible and has our back and has us. He holds us in the palm of his hand all the time. He's with us. He's with me, in me all the time. So let's worship
much, Lord. Father, that we are worthy to be a part of your kingdom, God. It just amazes me each and every day, no matter how many times I fail, no matter how many times I mess up and say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, God, I'm still worthy in your sight. You still love me unconditionally. God, you are so good to us. Thank you, Jesus.
All right, I want to share something with an old, old teaching. Now, I don't want you to get real impressed with my artwork, not listen to what I'm saying. I couldn't find some, uh, something really better than this to put up. But um, it's good stuff, isn't it? It's good. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate that. I love Mojo Ministries. But uh, a mentor of mine was named Kelly Varner. And Kelly's gone on to his eternal place of spirituality. But um, he first really taught me this. And I'm going to teach it to you tonight real quickly. Because I want to spend about 15 minutes doing this at the most. And when I get through, I want us to have a time of prayer. And I want you to open your heart, if God speaks to you, a word to say to us. Something that you just feel led to say. But in the God has started in the garden and that's where he placed man and out of the garden that man was going to really take dominion of the earth and he was going to that was going to be where it would go from and after the garden uh, children of Israel came about and there was this tabernacle called tabernacle in the wilderness it was a very um, not very pretty on the outside but beautiful on the inside it kind of reminds me of Eagles Way Church it's a metal building on the outside but it's beautiful on the inside and when I say beautiful on the inside I'm not talking about the decor I'm talking about you talking about people who really are the true church and the true temple of God but this tabernacle had three places the the outer court the inner court and the most holy place and so it was taught to us like this that and I'm glad I'm not an Old Testament priest because if I was you would bring a sacrifice into this door, a turtle dove, a, a goat, a cow, an ox, and I'd have to kill it, drain the blood out, place it up on this grate, this brazen altar with fire beneath, and, and burn that sacrifice until it was completely burned up and the ashes just fell to the bottom. And every time I'd see Kelly... For years, he said this to me every single time. Man of God, have you fallen through the great yet? Have you fallen through the great? In other words, has your life become so consumed by God and so fully dedicated to God that you're completely, that you've truly lost your life in Christ, you've dead in him and your life, you're dead to yourself and you're alive in him. Have you fallen through the great yet? And then you, the priest would go from there to this lava bowl, and it was this big bowl of water. And he could look in it and see a reflection of himself, and, and he would wash his hands from the, the, the work that he had just done. And then he could go into this holy place, which had three things in there. It had a table of showbread, and this is where the priest would just gather around to eat the bread of the true bread of God, and they would just fellowship and have sweet fellowship. And then there was this candlestick, which had seven places, which was a, shows the perfection of God. But it was, they had to keep that burning, and it represented just the Holy Spirit of God. And then there was this altar of incense, which was always going up before God, and it, it represented praise, and it represented worship. And so... We used to teach it that when you come and you offer your sacrifice and you, you get the water of the word and, and you have some table of showbread and altar of incense and the, and the Holy Spirit, then you can go into the Holy of Holies. This is where the priest would take the blood 
And there was this veil here. And once a year, there was a big celebration. And the priest would go in and, and he would sprinkle the blood on, the, on the, the ark. And then he would come out and raise his hands and let everybody know everything was okay. There was even stories and legends that they'd tie a rope around the priest's foot. And if he went in, and if he died, God didn't accept it, they'd drag him out. Well, in all of history, that never happened. In all of history, there's never known a time where a priest went in and God didn't accept the sacrifice. Because the sacrifice was his son. And so he'd always accepted the blood of his son. So there was never a time the priest died. God always accepted the sacrifice. But one day, Kelly called me and he said, Buren, we have taught this all wrong. And I said, well, no, we have it. You did. You taught me this, so don't come blaming it on me that you taught me all this. So he said, well, we, it's backwards. This is not how it is now. This is how it was. This is how it used to be. This is how the old covenant was. Aren't you glad we have a new covenant? Have you ever read the Old Testament? Aren't you glad we got a New Testament? If you just read some Old Testament, you'd be glad. Read Leviticus, you'd be glad for Ephesians. Read, just, just read some Old Testament, and you'll be glad that we live in the New Covenant. And so Kelly said, we got this thing all right. And then he wrote a, a whole book on it. And he said, Beard, it really is not that. What happens is we start from the ark of God where the cherubims are on top of it, and which represents the mercy seat of God. And that when, this is where we start from. And inside that ark, there was uh, Aaron's rod, there was the law of God, and there was Aaron's rod at Buddy, the law of God, and there was manna. And those three things represented, the manna represented God's provision that he'll provide for you every day. The Aaron's rod that budded represented the purpose that God gives you in life. And then the law represented some principles. Well, what happens when we come back to God, we're born again, we're saved, whatever you want to call, you awaken to the fact of who you really are, then this is, you have you have, got, you have a different principle life. How I many know when you really should function out of your spirit, your principles should be different than the world? So you got a different principle life. you got a purpose in life. And in that, you got God's whole provision. Well, when we come from here, we start from here, we see ourselves as who God sees us, right? I mean, I am whom God says I am, right? And so, that, so if you start from here... And then you'll go out and to the altar of incense, and you'll keep this kind of fine-tuned by praise and worship, by your giving God praise, giving God worship, praying always without ceasing, that there's just atmosphere and attitude of spirit that you just keep, that you have the Holy Spirit to constantly be giving you the strength and the power to walk it out, that you have a a place, a table of, that you can come to, a table that can provide you with strength and provide you with joy and provide you with the things that you have. Then you can come out from there and you can go to the bowl, which is the Word of God, and really then you can become a living epistle because you're coming from back here out to here. And then once you become this living epistle, you come to the brazen altar. And I wish he was alive today because I would call him and say, I fell through the grate. I've fallen through the grate because I realized where I came from, who I really am, 
And then because of that, I am a living epistle. Because of that, I can become a full sacrifice to God. And I go out into the world to be who God says I am. And to do what God says for me to do. And so, I, uh, G- how many know Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. He, he said, I came to be a servant to all and to be a ransom for all. And in John chapter 13, Jesus, right before he was getting to the place of going to his death, he wanted to show his disciples something really neat. He wanted to show them what they should be to each other. And it says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, that he had come from God, and would return to God. When you and I know that he's given us everything we need, that we have come from God, and we're going to return to God, then we can do what Jesus did. He got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. When Jesus knew where he's come from, knew where he was going, knew where he's going back to, knew the authority that he had, he could be a servant. You see, that's when the ego's all gone. There's nothing out here to prove. You've fallen through the grade. I ain't got nothing to prove. I am who I am. I, I'm a child of God. I, that's it. I am who I am. And so I'm not trying to become anything or to impress anybody. I just want to go out and help somebody. I just want to go and be a servant to mankind because I've come out of the most holy place. That's where, that's where my spirit is. That's where I dwell. See, we used to go, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we had it backwards. Yeah, this is the way, and we get to the truth, and we get to the life. No, we got to have the life to get to the truth, to get to the way. You know what I said the other one about reverse? we got to have some reverse thinking about how we think about things. This is just a reverse thinking. I'm not trying to get into the holy place. Most holy place, I'm trying to get out of the most holy place and get out into a world and be the living epistle and the sacrifice and the servant that God wants me to be. Amen? So, this is Ash Wednesday. And uh, some, most of you probably know what Ash Wednesday is. And it's become, in the liturgical church, a traditional thing that 40 days before Palm Sunday that they have a time of repentance, a time of fine-tuning their life. I mean, however you want to say it, there's a lot of different ways to, to say it. But let me, here's a, y'all want to get a little Episcopal tonight? Got my Episcopal book, Book of Common Prayer. How about that? I bet y'all, some of you said, what? But I want to give you a little history of Ash Wednesday. And uh, this would be a prayer of a little. Now, some of this is strong language. When I say strong language, uh, even I love most of uh, 90-some percent of the songs we sing now is pretty right on with our theology. But every now and then we sing a song that slips a little bit, you know. And this, this kind of is one of those uh, prayers that has a few words in it that maybe not quite where we are. But let me, anyone, let me go. Almighty and everlasting God who hate, hate, hatest nothing that thou hast made and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent. 
Well, he does forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, but how do many know he forgives the sins of all, period? He forgave us at Calvary. He has, already, he has forgiven all of our sins. Create and make us new and, and contrite hearts that we worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, and that's pretty strong, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit of God forever and ever. Now, this has happened to us. This has happened to us when we awaken, when we just, you know, repentance is just changing our mind. It's just saying, I'm going to stop this life and I'm going to go to this life. That's all it is. It's just a turning around. I'm going one way, I'm going another way. And um, so this is where Ash Wednesday really began. It says, the first Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection. It became the custom of the church to prepare for them a season of penitence, penitence and fasting. This season of Lent provided a time in which converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It's pretty, pretty cool, isn't it? They were prepared for holy You know, I believe in prophecy, but there was, there was a, a church that really when the prophetic movement was really going, they wouldn't let anybody receive a prophetic word without a time of prayer and fasting. That they had to prepare themselves to hear from God. It says, it was also a time, <laughs> I like this, when those who, be, because of notorious sins, now, I don't know what notorious sins would be. I kind of got a feeling. Don't you? I mean, come on. We all got, you know, we know what our little sins are, but then we know what the big sins are. You know, I was a little, there's a big. Right? <laughs> That's usually how it goes. I was a little, there's a big. It's quite on who's got it. Like surgery. Is it major? Is it minor? Who's having it? If you're having it, it's major. If I'm not, if you're having, I'm not having it. It's a, it's a minor procedure. It's no big deal. Jesse's having a minor procedure in the morning. To me, to her, it may be major. I don't know. Yeah, I told. Her, I said, I said, you know, you're not going to be able to breathe for a few days. That's positive. She said, Yes, I am. I said, Just go with your thing. Let's go with what you say. And uh, anyway, we're going to have a time of prayer for her. We're going to have a time of prayer for you. You want to be prayed for tonight for healing? We're going to have that tonight, okay? So I don't know what these notorious sins were, but what it is, it's a time, whether we think we have notorious sins, whether or not we're preparing for something new in our life, don't you think we all need a good season, a time of some time in our life? I think it's all the time. I think it's all the time. I'm not making Lent less than it is. I thank God for Lent because sometimes that's the only time some people get serious about God. And sometimes for some people, sometimes they get serious about God. I think Lent should be always. I think it's a lifestyle. I mean, know that it's a lifestyle. Christianity is a lifestyle. It's It's... Sometimes people think, man, I got this positive thing down. Really? Really? Just go without renewing your mind for about one day and see what happens. 
See what happens. Go one day without renewing your mind. Go one day without replacing some thoughts. Go one, don't do it. <laughs> but if you do, you're going to find out you're not nearly as positive as you thought you were because it still crops up. And it takes, it's a lifestyle, it's an ongoing lifestyle. So it says, it was also a time when those because of notorious sins had been separated from the body of the faithful were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to the fellowship of the church. Thereby the whole congregation was put in mind of the message of pardon and absolution set forth in the gospel of our Savior and of the need which all Christians continually have to renew their repentance and their faith. And I, I like that part. We have to continually renew our faith. That's what, I think that's what church is. I think that's what Christian fellowship is. I think that's what our daily devotion is. It's a time of continually renewing our faith. And that's what Lent is. It's a time of, you know, some people give stuff up. I think it's great. Anna's going to give up sweets, bless her heart. And she's going to exercise. But it's something to, to just remind her of something. I don't know. I've never done it yet, giving up anything. And for Lent, I've given up things in life, but I've never really done anything in particular for Lent. And I don't know if I'm going to do anything now. I'm trying to think of maybe what I could do. But when I think about what I would do, it kind of is about me. When I think about giving something up, when I think about giving something up, it, it, I bring it around and it kind of comes back to me. So I wonder if we couldn't take it a little bit further in Lent tonight. And for 40 days, what can I do that I'm not doing for somebody else? What could I do that I'm not doing for somebody else. What if I took 40 days and every single day I purposely did something for somebody intentionally? They intentionally did something for somebody. What, what do you think would happen? What does it take how many days to make a habit? Anybody know? Huh? 30, 29? Something like that. So we 40 got it. Yeah, 40's got it. Okay, so, so 40's got it. 40's a good 40 days in the wilderness Jesus was tested. 40 years in the wilderness the children of Israel were tested. So 40's a big term in Scripture. So let's, let's take 40 days. What if 40 days each day I intentionally now did something for somebody? What if it's just a phone call? I love you, thank you, you know, appreciate you. Not to be, you ain't got to give them a million dollars. You ain't got a million dollars to give them. I love how people say, man, if I win the lottery, I'm going to give everybody. No, you're not. If you're not giving somebody a dollar now, you won't give them a million when you got a hundred million. Anyway. <laughs> you know, I mean, true. And so what can I do for other people? What if I took these 40 days and just kept renewing my mind over and over and over again? about what I'm really here for now that I've come out of here to take to this world out there 
to be this living epistle, to be that fully devoted follower of Christ, to be sacrificial in my living every single day. And if I spend my time thinking about what can I do for my wife, for my husband, for my children, for my friends, for this person I don't even know. What, what little thing. You know, we big, big thing in the world today is random acts of kindness. And I believe in random acts of kindness. I think they're awesome. Uh, we're going to be talking this Sunday, starting a whole month, is table relationships. We're going to be talking about friendship, talking about marriage, talking about family, talking about how we can live this thing out at the table of the Lord. And so tonight, what I'd like to see us do is have a, t- a special time of prayer for one another. I want us all to come down here and just get jammed in here as close as we can and, and just have a moment of prayer, just a, a unity prayer. If you want special prayer, we'll, we'll pray for you. But if you feel God just speaks something to your heart or you feel something in your heart that that you want to say that's encouraging and uplifting and and um, I want to give you that opportunity to do that. So w- would you stand with me? And um, you know, the Apostle Paul said one time, he said, I'm the least of the apostles because I persecuted the church. But he went on to say, but yet I labored more abundantly than all of them. I'm the least, but I labored more. And he said, yet it wasn't I who was laboring. It was the grace of God that was in me. You see, when I come in from the outside in, I'm doing the laboring. When I go to the most holy and come out, he's doing the laboring through me. See the difference? I'm not laboring to get in. I'm laboring for him to get out. And so I'm, I'm laboring. It's the grace of God that's working in me to work through me to touch and reach out to other people. If you've made a 40-day Lent commitment of doing without something, don't. I'm not saying not to do that. I'm really not. It's a personal thing. The Bible says, work out your own salvation fear. It's a personal thing with me and God. I just, the more I thought about, the more I thought about what could I give up, it was all about me. It was going to affect me. It's going to affect my life. It's going to make me better here, better there. It wasn't about anybody else. And just for me personally, I think I want to turn that around. I want to say, what can I do in the next 40 days outside myself? And I can be the sacrifice that I can call Kelly up now maybe he's hearing me right now yeah Kelly I finally fell through the grate I fell through the grate because I come back from the place and the only place I can fall through the grate from I can't fall through the grate on my own works I gotta fall through the grate by the grace of God working through me to become that fully sacrifice for God amen so just come and just stand for a moment and those who won't know, Dusty wants prayer for surgery tomorrow. And anybody else who's kind of stand up front here that wants prayer.
Dusty, you want prayer? And this is what I want to do. I just, again, I, it's about the body of Christ. It's about the family of God. I want you and me together to pray for you and you and you. Not me praying for you. Us praying for us. Us praying for us. Us making commitments to one another. Let it be just a, a sign of, of you know, my ashes on my forehead tonight is for other people. It's to live out, live it out, live it, let, let it flow through me. Father, in Christ's name, we just do that with one another tonight. Pray for one another. Just speak words of blessing, encouragement over one another. We just take time to be grateful for one another and thankful. Thankful for your body. Thankful for friends and family. Thank you for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the household of faith. Thank you for the encouragement that comes. Thank you for the testimony I heard tonight, Lord, in the foyer of how migraine headaches are going away and how you're just doing such a wonderful work in a person's life. And you have no respect to persons. Lord, we just know this is a lifestyle. We're not going to pray today and stop. We're not going to believe today and not believe tomorrow. It's a lifestyle that we're in. And we're going to live it every single day of our life, reminding ourselves, renewing our minds, remembering who we really are and where we really came from. for the ashes was that for those who were being penitent and those who were renewing their hearts and faith in, in God it was to remind them that from, from dust they came and from dust they would return and it was reminding them this life is pretty short and whatever you do here just remember you came from dirt you're going back to dirt but your spirit's going back to God who gave it and it's just a reminder of how short Life is. This reason the psalmist says it's, 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 it's the brevity of a hand. It's short. Lord, teach me to number my days and know just how short it is. So I got this short span of time. Whatever it will be in my life, I have this short. It's short. If it's a hundred years, it's short compared to eternity. It's just a piece, small piece out of eternity. Very small piece. Not even a drop in the bucket. It's kind of like a drop of water in the ocean. It's how what life is, what a span of life is. It's short. And so it's the time to just remind ourselves where we came from and where we're going back to. And in the meantime, in this span of time, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do with it? How, how much of it is going to be spent about me? how much is going to be spent about other people and other things. Amen? It's never ever too late to start over, continue. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Anybody got a word they want to speak? Encouragement? Yeah, again.
it'll be on. Yes, it is. Just stop thinking of the 40 days, what you would become. It was in a book I was just reading. Mark Madison, what you you'd become the person that you could have been. You would be so full of joy. I, I think just some days I start on that journey. I, I want to do that. I want to go the 40 days. I do one day and I, how it makes me feel. If I can, if you can multiply that times 40, whoo, it would be so big. But you would become. That's what, you would be so full of joy you couldn't be still. Try it. I just give it a whirl. If you fall down one day, just start over. I've started over a lot of times. But that's that's the key is to start over. Don't give up because you can be that person that you could have been. Amen. That's good. Anybody else? I know somebody in here has got something to say that's good. I'm new to here to the church here. Y'all know that. Most they have never seen me. Um, and trying to make it short, my husband fell ill very quickly in August. And on Christmas morning, I lost him. And if you guys would just please keep me in your prayers. I need all the strength and guidance that I can get right now. Every day is a hardship every moment is a challenge right now for me so I just appreciate all the prayer that I can get from all of you guys thank y'all Amen. scripture says in Isaiah 53 and it's overlooked so many times because most people just think about our sins and our forgiveness but the scripture says that he was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities and all that's good but it says on the cross he bore our sorrows carried our griefs so just not for our forgiveness it's for every aspect of our life that we go through that he helps us bear our sorrows and carry our griefs anybody else everybody good back there appreciate you guys what you do Thank you for being faithful and serving. And that's what it's about. You're faithful in serving. Thank all of you all you do in your different aspects of serving here. And I hope you'll see it in just a little different light now. Not different, but more light. More understanding. God bless you. Have a great Lent.